You're listening to the Retirement Lifestyle Podcast with Chris and Susan Beasley. Hi, we're Chris and Susan, and this is Living the Retirement Lifestyle, the show for wannabe retirees and those already in retirement, where we discuss with our guests some of the issues around retirement, the good, the bad, and of course, the ugly. And today we're speaking with a very good friend of ours who we've known for many, many years when we met him first in London. I can't remember when it was, but maybe Tom will remember. He is Tom Beale. Um, and as I said, we've had the pleasure of knowing him for many, many years. And I thank you for coming on our show with us today, all the way across the pond from Fort Lauderdale side, just above, above Fort Lauderdale just, in, Boca uh, Rattan, I think yeah, it is. In Florida. Yes, yes. And we're very jealous because we see you on that moped ride with Wanda every mm-hmm. day. And it's like, yep. I want to do that. The and sun I, along the beach. Yeah. And I think that for a lot of people is what they envision retirement to be. And we know the reality is something a little bit different. But before we introduce mm-hmm. you, we do have to talk about age and we know you're not quite ready for our retiree entrepreneurs club because you have to be 50 to join that Ah. but just turn 47 just turn 47 there you go but we do know that you will bring some awesome value to everyone watching or listening today and oddly enough i've been in semi-retirement for the last three to four years so it's like so not in the uh, hustle till you drop dead mode right per se so uh, what i've been living is a lifestyle i've created a lifestyle that uh is quite amazing right so and the fun part is it doesn't take millions of dollars to create what people think is a lifestyle. It's not that much compared to what you'd think. Now, that said, um, years ago, I was nicknamed, my last name's Beal. I was nicknamed the Million Dollar Beal. And I had Million Dollar Beals printed up. Uh, oh, with, Tom, with no. Now, now <laughs> have, look, yeah. This is now a billion dollar Beal because for those entering retirement or in retirement, you may recognize what I recognized years ago, that millions don't go as far as one would think. They go pretty darn quickly. You don't have to work hard to burn through a million or two dollars. And that's a, a, you know, a fortunate lesson that I was able to live through, but unfortunately learned some uh, hard lessons along that way. So in my journey, I've, I've been fortunate to produce tens of millions of dollars of results uh, for myself and my, my, part, my business partners and clients. And in doing so, have been able to create millions coming in and millions going out for myself. And along that, that path, I became financially literate more so than when I grew up, because I grew up, to, I was born to teenagers and raised around four divorces and six marriages. Gosh, and with wow. that, there was a lot of uh, poverty. You know, it was welfare checks. It was living in trailers and trailer parks and living, you know, uh, in situations that are far from ideal. But as a child, I didn't know any better. And, you know, and, I, and by the way, I'm, I'm not saying this with, you know, woe is me type of thing. It's just we all grew up in the scenario that we grew up in. And we don't know any other different scenario. And that's whether you grew up in poverty like I did, or you grew up uh, with the quote unquote silver spoon. That's just your experience. So one of my business partners grew up with a silver spoon. And until he went to college, he didn't know others didn't have the life he had. Right. And similarly, until I, you know, started to get out and about in high school, 
I was like, whoa, people don't live like I live. Like, and I think that's kind of epiphany we all have in our journey. So needless to say, to start it out, talking about retirement, you may recognize what I did. Hey, we got a million or two saved up. And then you go a few months or a year or so, and you're like, crap, that million's not going as far as I thought, <laughs> right? So uh, that said, we're in a new day and age. And yes, I'm only 47 years old right now. But um, I have some insights and I have clients and I've worked with people that here's a common theme. So whether I was working with Mike Filsame uh, back in 2006 to 2011 and we're helping clients uh, worldwide. And, and then I went from 2011 to 2013 working with Rich Sheffern and we help clients worldwide. And a common theme that I found was people would always say to me, I'm probably your oldest client. Everyone thinks if they're in their mid 60s or older that I must be the oldest person on your client list. And the fact is, absolutely you're not. We have clients in their late 80s. We have some in their early 90s. And that leads to this day and age where we are is a people have the the capacity to live much longer than than history, you know, has uh, allowed us and at the same time still keep their capacity of being a joyous creator of being someone who doesn't want to sit idly and twiddle your thumbs all day, but wants to do something. Right. So I know we'll get into some questions about what retirement is, but what I thought retirement was when I grew up is not what I see uh, retirement being today. What I thought growing up is, you know, you worked at the corporate world yeah. or you worked for that one company for 40 years, you retired, they gave you a watch and they gave you, you know, uh, a pension and, and they gave you money ongoing. And then you just, sat around on a rocking chair and that's it. Like, you know, that's what I grew up with. And nowadays it's a much different dynamic and I'd be interested, I'll, I'll, I'll be interested to share some insights that I've gleaned from working with clients who thought they were our oldest client at 65, 70, 75, 80, and how those people have taken their passions and turned them into hobbies at the beginning that then turned into money producers. So here they are, instead of twiddling their thumbs on a rocking chair, doing something that really kicks their mind into gear, really is like solving a puzzle. And at the same time, they're providing value and being able to return uh, that with uh, returns on investment of their time, energy, and effort. So they're producing substantial returns, doing something that they love. And it's a, it's a wide, diverse uh, scope of things, what that is. For some people, that is real estate. For some people, that is gold. For some people, that is stock. For some people, that is creating their own particular uh, value based upon their personality, their experience, and their perspective. It's different for everybody, but um, from my experience in working with thousands of people that are in the retired age group, I have some insights that I think can be helpful for you and your people. Oh, that is going to be awesome. In fact, the guest we interviewed just the other day, he was talking about one of his clients who is now in his 80s, but he met him first when he was a bit younger. And this guy um, actually built as a business, he built um, really expensive uh, doll's houses, beautiful dolls, but he made them. Yep. And then he had this idea, the internet had come along, he thought, ah, I could now use the internet to get a lot more orders for these dolls houses. And our, our guest who we interviewed actually had to hold him back and say, well, hang on a minute. There's only one of you. 
Yeah. You only have so much time and you're building these things. Mm -hmm. So using the internet and information, knowledge and skills, mm -hmm. he got his son involved in the business as well. And then they created a membership site where mm -hmm. they taught other people how to build the dolls houses. So their income, and he was making a five and six figure income out of a membership site that actually showed people how to make the dolls houses. And now at 80, 81, he's making something like $10,000 a month right. from his knowledge and skills. And I think this is where Chris and I come from in this. Right. Um, recognizing just through people we've met at events, when we're speaking, mm -hmm. listening, listening carefully to the story behind the story. Yep. We know they've got this knowledge in them that right. with a little bit of help, the internet and the skill base of online marketing, they could bring anything into yep. a business and create an, an income stream, a, mm -hmm. a business, a lifestyle that they truly want because we don't all go out to pasture when we retire. Right. Well, that, right. that, was our, that was our grandparents, yeah. I think. You know, right. they, they were probably the last people who, I mean, my grandfather, I remember, I mean, he was, uh, he was in the RAF during the war and then, he, and then he became a painter and decorator. And I remember going out painting and decorating with him, mm -hmm. you know, um, when I used to go and stay with him because they lived down in, in Wales. And, mm -hmm. uh, but I think they, he was the last person I remember sort of retiring. Right. And all of a sudden he came home and he said, I'm now retired. I don't have to go to work tomorrow. Right. Yep. But and, that's and back then they were sitting in the rocking chair and just hanging out at the house all day. And nowadays, you know, that's a pretty rare occurrence for most that I know who are retired. They want to travel and they want to explore the world and do some things. So when I grew up, retirement was just sitting in the rocking chair and hanging out on the property. Right. And, and that's. And yeah. And of course, they had this, no matter what part of the world you live in, there was a social security uh, payment that came into your account every week or month that allowed you to do that. It's a very, very different story today. Yep. I love the story about the dollhouse. And that reminds me of my grandmother. So my grandmother actually was uh, passionate about many things. But in her, her last hurrah, she was someone who was creating porcelain dolls. So she had the kiln and she could create the porcelain dolls and she created the clothes for the dolls and everything, right? So from start to finish, pouring it into the molds to putting it in the kiln, to uh, sanding it, to painting it, to putting the hair on, to dressing it, all that. And she did it similar to what your story was about the person who created the stuff, right? He created the doll house. She created the dolls and was selling the dolls. But then people asked her, hey, can you teach me how to do it as well? So then she started a class. So my grandpa, who was a carpenter, he built her a classroom next to her, her doll studio. Wow. And so she had the kiln room. She had her, her, her uh, doll studio and like a classroom of capacity. And these were all local people who paid her on a monthly basis to come learn how to build and create porcelain dolls and then paid her for, uh, the use of the kiln, paid her for the use of the molds, paid her for the clothes, etc. Mm -hmm. So that was prior to the internet, but tagging on to what you, you shared in your story, that was what she did. So she did the creation, she sold what she created, but then people wanted to learn how to do it. She then taught people how to do it. And now with the online world, had she been alive and, and in this day and age, 
she could have taken it from the one to few, which are the live people in her room, to one to many, putting training courses together on uh, membership sites or you know paid paid uh, memberships throughout the world. People can be learning and seeing how she does what she does and creating that porcelain dial process from step from beginning to end, all the steps in between. And then they can go to any place that has a kiln and the molds to complete the task. So we're in a day and age unlike any other. So what you just described was obviously triggered my mind to think, man, if my grandma was alive, not only could she have done what she did, but also add in a membership element, training people worldwide instead of having to be live in her studio. And now today, here we are doing a live interaction. You're over in the UK. Here I am in, in, in South Florida. She could have clients literally, just like we do, around the world and interact with them and answer their questions uh, at a level that was never available until now, right? So if you're listening to this, think, what is something that gives you inspiration? What is something that gives you, it brings you joy that you're good at? And yes, you can do it. You can build the dial houses, you can build the porcelain dials, and you can sell that. But you can also teach others who also have a passion and or a desire or interest to learn what you already have mastered. That's the aha moment. You can get paid to do it and you can get paid to train others how to do it. That's the beauty of this day and age that we live in. And a lot of people, when they hear this, like, well, that's great for the doll house maker and that's great for your grandma who knows how to make porcelain dolls, but I don't know anything. And you're like, whoa, 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 time out. You didn't get to, to 50 plus without knowing something, right? You take for granted. You're unconsciously competent. I mean, you don't, you don't even have to think about it. You're so good at what you do. It's just like tying your shoes where other people are unconsciously incompetent and now, now they're consciously incompetent, meaning unconsciously incompetent. They don't know what they don't know. But then if they gain interest in it, then they start researching like, oh, crap, now I know all the things I don't know. And that's a big amount. I need somebody who knows this that can teach me how to bridge that gap from unconscious incompetence to conscious competence. And that's the training gap. People that have an interest in doing something that you're unconsciously competent in. You don't have to think about it because you've done it for decades. They're on the beginning end of this and they're just gaining interest. And they're like, man, if I just had a mentor to show me, they could pull me along this learning curve much more quickly. And they're willing to invest in that. Just like you heard with the dollhouse, just like you heard with the porcelain doll example, it goes on and on and on into a wide, diverse, infinite number of things. So, I get it. You might be thinking, well, that's great for everyone else, but I don't have stuff. I don't have that thing. I don't, I don't know how to build doll houses or, or create porcelain dolls, but you have some knowledge. And here's what I call PEP, your PEP. Your personality, your experience, and your perspective is absolutely unique to you. There's no one else in the world that has your unique personality, experience, and perspective. That's why I'll circle into a whole nother niche, the weight loss, the, you know, I want to get fit uh, industry. There isn't just one weight loss and fitness expert. There's thousands, there's millions of them. Why? Because they each have their own unique personality, experience, and perspective. And that's good news for you because you might be thinking, well, great. Yeah, I have this experience and I'm good at this, but so-and-so already is good, already doing that. Well, that, that's like someone saying, well, someone already has a fitness book out, so I don't want to put mine out. No, there's thousands, there's millions of other fitness experts because it doesn't matter. There's really nothing new in fitness. Eat properly, move more, and get the proper sleep and drink water. You'll be good. <laughs> but there's thousands of different perspectives on that and different ways of doing it. And guess what? Some people won't resonate with, with the top expert. 
but they'll resonate with you. Some will, some won't, so what next? You, by sharing your message and putting the stake in the ground that you have this expertise, just like the fitness uh, world, when you do that, you have your unique personality, experience, and perspective that's going to attract the right people to you. And generally, you know, if you're watching this, uh, a perfect target audience for that, even for the fitness niche, is, hey, are you retired and searching to get fit? Guess what? I'm an expert at fitness, and I'm also in the age group of retire, in retirement, so I have a program that's specific for you, right? That's, that's another hint. Like, you can, you can put your stake in the ground for a specific niche. And here's who I serve, and here's how I serve them. And guess what? They're not going to be as excited about the, the ripped 20-year-old with their program as they are with the, the, the fit 75-year-old who's got a program that's good for the, the 80-year-old looking to get fitter. I mean, that's, that's the world we live in. It's unlike any day and age, and it's, it's an absolute blessing to be here, but it's up to each of us to have that epiphany and say, you know what? It, it intrigues me enough to where I'm going to go explore it. How would I go about taking my expertise and helping others who are seeking to learn that? You know, what, what would be that path? And Chris and Susan are, are the exact perfect people to help you get from being curious about that to what could that path be to where you could actually start testing? Hey, here's what I've got. Here, here's what it can do for you. And here's what to do next yeah, for people that are in your target audience. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the other thing about that is, is that even if you don't think you have the knowledge, you could do what we did. I mean, we were accountants and management consultants mm -hmm. in a traditional business. Mm -hmm. we get to our mid fifties and realize we've got, we've got retirement on the horizon and don't really have the funds available because 2008 hit our property portfolio quite a lot. Certainly don't have a million and, plus uh, dollars in the bank account. And um, I heard so many. Uh, uh, thanks for the memories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we looked, we were looking for another way and I guess it was probably just luck that we came across mm -hmm. online education that allowed us to actually build a business online mm -hmm. but it meant we had to learn new skills right and we didn't start learning those i was 56 when i first started learning those new skills and, and i was a bit younger and susan was a little bit younger <laughs> not a lot um but but the thing was was that you know you're sort of looking out and going can i do this am i too old is technology too much we turned to somebody who'd already done it and he was 27 years old, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. but we were able to learn from him. And, you know, here we are nearly 10 years later and it's because we started to learn from him and we put aside the thing of we're too old to learn new skills. And we right. put aside the thing that we've got children older than him mm -hmm. and all of a sudden, we were able to actually do something that we'd never done before, but it gave us what we wanted, which was time freedom, basically. Yeah, and, and I love that now with that knowledge base and actually interviewing people like yourself over mm -hmm. the, the last few weeks, it's put ideas into our minds as well about different approaches, in particular the skill set that we're holding here mm -hmm. or in here. Yep. that we can, like you said earlier, use as a bridge for people mm -hmm. to take their knowledge, their hobby, their skill, and make it into a business because right. they don't have that add-on. They don't have that bit. And actually, mm -hmm. I think that could 
for us be something really, really exciting to take on board for the future. And I've loved it. You've just inspired me again <laughs> yep. to add something else that we hadn't even mm. thought about, really. Well, it, and it's, it's so expansive. I mean, here, here we also have the potential nowadays to create gear, meaning T-shirts, meaning stickers, meaning, you know, stuff like people can buy with a, a cool logo on it or a cool statement or a cool quote. And you can make a significant amount of money. Like I have a friend who he's, he, he, like you guys said, uh, you didn't have this expertise. You know, he was almost 50, like probably 48 when he started researching into creating t-shirts and shoes and gear. He didn't know anything about it, but he's like, Hey, I see some other people doing it. They don't look much smarter than me. Let me start testing this out. So he's, he's local to me and we'd meet up on a regular basis. Like, Hey, last month I did about $50,000 in sales. Wow. Like, wow, that's pretty good. I see him a month later. He's like, yeah, I did about a hundred thousand dollars last month. I said, that was pretty good. See him a month later. He's like, hey, I did about $200,000 last month. I was like, what? I said, show me what the heck you're doing. Right. And then he yeah. went up to 400, $500,000 in a month of selling t-shirts. Like he never was in selling t-shirts, but this day and age, you can have print on demand. You get a catchy quote and you have a targeted audience and he actually goes into two targets. So one example uh, you know, and this, this is just a, a wild example. It crosses some copyright situations and whatnot, but, uh, I'm from Rochester, New York, and I live in Florida. So, so here you can target people and say, Hey, are you, you know, I'm a Buffalo bills fan. You know, I may live in Florida, but my heart's always in Buffalo, like, you know, in the Buffalo. So I can target people who are Buffalo bills fans who live in Florida and have a, a, a mixed shirt with a statement on it. Right. And the way that he, the way that he sells so many shirts is he finds target audiences that would willing to fight if someone crosses their belief, you know, like yeah. I drink coffee and I love guns, you know, so you can target people who love coffee and love guns, you know, and you can put a shirt together that hits that demographic or, uh, you know, a fireman who loves Rottweilers, you know, you know, or a, you know, my, my, my husband's a fireman and we love our labradoodle like you, you mix two different things and you put a shirt together that's specific to that audience we live in a day and age that you can target that level of deep depth unlike any other time in history it was very difficult to send direct mail to a targeted list it's impossible nowadays with the advertising mediums of facebook instagram google you can target people specifically and this is just planting some seeds. I mean, Chris and Susan know some details that they can point. But, but what I'm trying to state is the landscape is so immense. And anything that you're passionate about, there's a person out there who's, who's prolific. He's putting a lot of value out, Gary Vaynerchuk. And Gary's like, you know, I don't care if you're a fan of Elf. You can make $5,000 a month selling Elf gear. I don't care if I you're know. a fan of <laughs> He-Man. Like, I don't care what your, what your passion is. You can find a passionate group narrow you know what your offerings are uh, whether it's gear whether it's products to where you can live and have fun doing what you love and creating a lifestyle from it and this leads to the whole retirement thing you know okay yeah retirement good you get to do what you want when you want where you want with whom you want hopefully but there comes that that uh, the choices yeah, that's uh, assuming you've got yeah, the money yeah the funds available for that so imagine if you could take an hour or two and dedicate it towards being curious and saying, you know what, if these people can make money, you know, selling Smurf stuff or Elf stuff or you name it, what's something I'm passionate about or what's something with my expertise that I can just start exploring to see how I might be able to crack this puzzle. Like, it, Cause okay, retirement, I love putting puzzles together. 
it's a challenge, right? You put all the pieces out and you're like, oh crap, I got to find the border first. And yeah. Stuff, you know? So just like a puzzle, this business stuff is similarly going to gonna tap into your brain of figuring this puzzle out. And guess what? If these 12-year-olds can figure it out, if these 80-year-olds can figure it out, you can figure it out. It's going to be like a puzzle though. It's not going to be super simple. If it was super simple, everybody would be doing it. There's right ways to do it and there's wrong ways to do it. But if you find the right path, for the thing that gives you invigoration, that gives you joy, just like if you if you get joy from putting a puzzle together, you'll have to have people remind you to break away to eat because you're so into putting the puzzle together. Like, oh crap, I forgot, I gotta eat. You're into it. Similarly, when you find something that you're passionate about that gives you joy and it's kind of like this challenge of a puzzle, you figure it out. You make that first sale. And from that first sale, you're like, my life will never be the same. You know, I made $8.20 right now, and I'm going to do that thousands more times, you know, and, 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 you know, and that's just one example, you know, and then there's ways to do it. I mean, where you can make thousands per sale. I mean, it, it's all in scope and where you want to put your time, effort and energy. But the example is once you get that first sale, you're like, aha, I figured this thing out. And if I can make one, I can make five sales. If I can make five, I can make 10. If I can make 10, I can make 50. If I can make 50, I can make a hundred. If I can make a hundred, I can make a thousand, et cetera, et cetera. And your life will never be the same. It's not that difficult. Now, disclaimer, it's not easy. (laughs) (laughs) It's not, but there's a quote from Jim Rohn that says, it's easy to do, but it's easier not to do. So it's like a puzzle and you have to accept the challenge of the puzzle. You can't just say, all right, I'm gonna give this puzzle five minutes. And if it's not done, I quit. Like a puzzle, a good puzzle is going to need more than five minutes of your time. You know, unless you're doing a baby puzzle and that's going to be boring, right? You know, you want something that's going to challenge you. So this, this business landscape is massive. What I would suggest you do is take a look from an objective perspective, a higher 30,000 foot view of like, Hey, would selling t-shirts intrigue me? Would tapping into my expertise intrigue me, you know, et cetera, looking at all the different possibilities and seeing and finding the one that just resonates with you. Like, Ooh, that, that one kind of like searching for a house. I don't know if you guys ever did this, but I remember when I was looking to buy my house, eh, okay, okay, this is the one. Yeah, this is the it. one. Yeah. yeah way above, and generally, it's way above budget. Like, this is the one. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Was that just me? Yeah. Way above budget, but this is the one. I could live here. Yeah, yeah we, we, this we, we did this when we bought <laughs> our place in France. It was, yeah. We walked down the high street. We were looking for a project damn silly idea <laughs> with retrospect but we saw this place and we went there's no way we can have that it's the one <laughs> yep exactly right and it's always that one right it's always i remember seeing that one like this is the one but it's way above budget and it doesn't make any sense but this is the one right so similarly when you're looking at the whole landscape yeah that's pretty okay that's okay oh this is awesome this is the one and so I'm, I'm planting the seed to let you know there's, there's millions of ways to earn significant income online. Mm-hmm. And, and I would suggest, and here, here's the analogy that I use. If you're looking to get fit and you hate swimming, don't put swimming in as your fitness regimen. Or if you hate bike riding, don't put bike riding. You know, find out of the many different ways that you can get fit, find the one you like. Yoga, running, walking, you know, whatever. Whatever it is that you like, do that. Similarly in business, there's so many ways to add additional income to your retirement with an hour or two a day. That's kind of like a puzzle challenge, but when you do it, you'll build systems, you'll build uh, 
uh, routines that in your hour or two a day, here's what's mine to do. And you do that, check, 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 boom. And money comes out the other end. And if, if you're willing to do that, I would have you entertain the possibility of taking a look at the entire landscape. Yeah, I could do this. I could do this. I could do this. And you could do, I mean, it's not that difficult, but it, it requires uh, your intrigue. It, requir it requires your having that passion for it. You know, because if you if you hate putting puzzles together, it's going to be hard dedicating that time to put the puzzle together. So find the one that just like this is it. This is the one, and go for that and start exploring it and start figuring out. And and we live in a day and age where success leaves clues. There's people that have been down that path and are showing, hey, you're just starting with this. Here's the things you need to know as the basics. Here's some more intermediate stuff, and then here's the expert stuff. And you don't jump from the brand new person to the expert stuff. You gotta learn the foundational things and the basics first, get okay with that, and then dive more into the intermediate. You know, it's, it's just like anything that we learn, we start off with unconscious incompetence. We don't know what we don't know. Now we have conscious competence. We know what we don't know. We learn from somebody, the steps and systems of the foundations. Now we're consciously competent. And then we work at it continuously with time, energy, and effort invested where we become unconsciously competent. And that's anything that we learn, we go through those processes. So it's up to you to do, the first step is to explore and find out what are the different ways that you could put an hour or two a day into that brings you joy and also once you figure it out can bring you some additional finances that you can do by the way throughout the world. So wherever you're traveling, as long as you have internet, which is most places nowadays, although I've been to several places without internet at all, but that was by choice, you know, uh, you know most places have some type of internet and an hour or two a day, when you learn this thing that brings you joy and passion can change your, your financial situation to give you more choices as a retired person and or couple. I, you know, I think that's lovely that you said that because it, we see so much and maybe we've got slightly narrowed mindset on this, but we see such a lot of stuff on the internet. I know every day it comes into our inboxes and it's on social media and that. And everyone seems to knock this, oh, you can't make an income out of a hobby. You know, it's, it's always saying it's not possible. And I love that you've positioned the fact that you can if you do the one thing that's really, really important, apart from having a passion about it and knowing how to do it, is when you bring the marketing to it. Right. And we've spoken to many, many people over the years, as you probably know, that have that kind of passion we've got a very good friend um, in illinois and she and her husband we went out and met with them and initially they wanted to build an affiliate marketing business but actually they didn't what they wanted to do was build her business around quilting and she is the most amazing lady mm -hmm. with with her quilting she's got a whole work crew and she goes to these fairs and she teaches it, but she hasn't monetized that in that way. It's all her time into doing the quilts herself. And they, they sell for thousands of dollars a time because they're traditional, beautiful, beautiful pieces. And I think, I really hope that people watching and listening to this are taking on board the potential that's out there um, from the ideas that we've given you. 
And her example of the quilting is just like your beginning example of the dollhouse maker. And then my grandma, who's the porcelain doll maker, she can continue to sell. She can continue to make and sell it. But what I love what, what you just shared is she has a team that helps build the quilts. Yeah. How, you know, imagine just a product on how to build a team to build your quilts. Imagine, you know, you doing it by yourself is going to take much longer. When you bring and recruit a, a proper team, you can expedite that and make it so yeah. much more like that alone is a product in itself to, to sell to quilt creators, you know, Hey, don't do it all yourself. Bring on a local team yeah. that can help you crank these things out at a faster pace. Yeah. I mean, it, it's crazy. I think one of the biggest changes though, that's happened is the fact that, you know, if you, if you, if you looked at, going a bit mad here. if you looked at um, our friends, quilting business mm -hmm. traditionally she'd only be able to sell locally at local craft right. fairs etc etc if you take that to what you said and either have a team or you teach other people to do it have a program that teaches other people mm -hmm. how to quilt it's not local anymore it's right. worldwide yep. and i think people i mean you know our age we're baby boomers we're coming mm -hmm. with the back end of the baby boomers and, you know, you do have a, a thing about maybe a mindset around, well, you know, it's always local. Big challenge is to understand the internet and understand the fact that I can have a business that's global, even though I'm working from my own home. Right. And, and she I can take orders of quilts, of people wanting quilts made, and she can get uh, a, a, a membership uh, course and program that teaches others, hey, here's how to create quilts. Uh, and if you were an expert at that already, here's how to do it with a team, right? Because a lot of people may not have transitioned to doing it with a team. Like there's there's a, a wide expansive uh, market there for her to sell her quilts, take orders worldwide and sell them worldwide and train people worldwide how to do what she's doing. It's funny. Yeah, I mean, it's funny quilt. you said that, Tom, you know, because it made me think about something my mum was saying the other day and uh you know even though she has dementia and, and all of our friends know it my mum knows it she's very upfront about it she's mm -hmm. got such great memories mm -hmm. of the old times and the things she did and you know right from a a teenager leaving school she learned dressmaking dressmaking mm -hmm. was her thing and mm -hmm. it was tradition she taught it to me um, and then um, when I had my first child um, and I was pregnant with my first child, my then husband and I, we decided that I was going to be what you would call in the States, a stay at home mom. Um, mm -hmm. But I had to earn an income. You know, mm -hmm. we couldn't do it unless I did something like that. And my mum and I started a business long before the Internet and mm -hmm. we were making hand embroidered, hand smocked baby clothes. Yep. Um, the late... Um, Princess Diana had just had her first son who we're seeing all over the news at the moment on his traveling his mother's footsteps mm -hmm. and my mom and I made the kind of clothes that they were wearing you know these little <laughs> smocked tops and the dresses that the the, the girls yep. wore mm -hmm. and we we were selling these mail order all over the world from a traditional um, advertisement in a magazine then we mm -hmm. got I was chasing all over the place and I, I managed to get publicity in, in mm -hmm. the Daily Telegraph, which is a big magazine here in mm -hmm. yeah, newspaper. a newspaper in the UK. Yep. It was a double spread. And it wow. was just the time of the moment and it right. was fashionable. And 
we had so much business <laughs> we didn't know what to do and it was still like my mum and I doing it and then we found some outworkers to help us and these were people my mum had trained with who were in their 70s and 80s then because yep. it's a tradition type thing right. and we thought my mum said to me the other day she said do you know Susan you need to put all this together with yours and Chris's knowledge why the heck are you not teaching this to other people so we right. can leave a legacy down the generations yep. Yep. and even you've You've highlighted it again, you know, how mad are we not to be doing that? Right. And you're, you're unconsciously competent at it. You know how to do it at a level that most would just die to know how, like, and you, you do that. So you want to train people that are consciously incompetent or consciously competent, but wanting to get better. You can train people how to do that. And, you know, and then you got the patterns and you've got, I mean, all this, like I, my grandma, I saw like she created patterns and stuff. Like she would make me clothes (laughs) when I was in school and stuff. I mean, she had, she was one heck of a seamstress. So yeah, this stuff that you, and that's, that stuff like your mom even reminded you that's, that's unconscious competence that you've kind of forgotten. Like, and that's, that's kind of the trick with unconscious competence because you forget because you just do it. Yeah. Everyone else sees you do it. You're like, holy crap, look at you go. And you're like, what? I'm just doing what I do. That's unconscious competence. So you sometimes you need to ask your friends and your family member, hey, what do I do so well that just makes you go, wow? Like, what's that thing that I do uh, with such proficiency and such expertise that you're just like amazed by? And for you, I mean, that's the, the creation of the clothes. That's one of the aspects. And, and a lot of people, uh, myself included, um, I mean, my story you heard a little bit about, I heard people that were speakers and, and best-selling authors, and I said the same thing. I'd cross my arms. Yeah, but I never was run over by a boat and lost a leg. I don't have a story. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, he's got no leg. Yeah, I don't have a story, right? We all have a story. We all have something that we're so good at that others are just like, hey, we need, we need you to do that because you're the best at it. And that's something that others wanting to learn. And your example of that is beautiful because that's going to share, open some eyes and possibilities to others. And then what you said, like um, a lot of people do say, you know, hobbies. Well, hobbies don't earn any money, but hobbies are fun. If you can make your hobby something that's marketable and sellable, now you've got the win-win because you're doing something that you fun, it's fun to you, that you're great at, and you can monetize it. That's, that's the win. You get paid to just be you and do what you love. That's the win. Not every hobby is monetizable, but we live in a day and age where it's very few and far between that aren't. There's, there's a certain, I mean, it's, it's easy to find the people, but there are some that aren't the easiest. So you have to make sure that it's something that you love to do that does fit into uh, pretty much you can find out where those people are that want that and get your message in front of them, which yeah. in today's day and age is unlike any other time with Facebook and Google. So there are some, there are some things that are hard to find. Where do these people congregate? Think of like fishing. You know, if you're looking for a shark, you don't go to the pond, you go to the ocean, right? So if you're, if you're in the pond searching for shark, you're going to be there a long time because that's just not where they are. So you need to find the pond where those people congregate and put your bait in and they'll bite it. And there you go. I mean, it's just a matter of if you, if you have something that you know where those people congregate, and that's that's the the barrel full of fish, and a feeding frenzy. You're you're in you're in uh, really good times. That's, I that's... love honestly. I love it. We've got a good friend who's 
she is just like an expert in making cakes, uh, mm -hmm. gluten-free cakes, because mm -hmm. she has to eat gluten-free. They are, they are just amazing. And we've, we, she's attended a number of our training workshops, learned the internet marketing skills. And I have to say, I can't wait to get hold of her and show her this show and, and show her now what the next step is for mm -hmm. her because it's a it's a bit of a confidence thing as well you know you're right. going from the traditional corporate route where you've always mm -hmm. gone to work you've been given a project or a job to do mm -hmm. and you get paid to doing it when you're outside of that which she is now mm -hmm. you'll think you, you you've got to get the confidence to start again um, but like you say you've got the knowledge you've got something you're passionate about and you love you've got the internet marketing skills or you can get them and bringing it all together then and starting monetizing it yep. is just going to be such a lot of fun I, I mean we've had honestly we've had such a great time with you and honestly we haven't even had to ask you all of the questions because you've covered you them, them um, subconsciously I have yeah, to say yeah. but we do have one really special one to finish off with today sure. if we may and that is, if you were writing a chapter in our book, The Mindset Shift from Employment to Retirement, we sometimes call it retiring the new way, what would the title of your chapter be and why would that be? I'll retire when I die. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's the chapter. Uh, and that's the chapter. And the reason is, uh, I feel when we have something that brings us joy and passion, we're living much longer. I feel it's when people retire and don't have a future vision that, that inspires them that our lives are cut short. So I encourage everyone, regardless of what age they're hearing this or what age they find themselves uh, when, when crossing paths with this, what brings you excitement about tomorrow, next week, next year, right? And, and find something to explore that would bring you that excitement and become curious about it and go explore. And as you explore, think, how could I turn this into something, my exploration into other people, how they can benefit from my exploration. And, and there's infinite possibilities of what that can be. But in essence, it's like, I'll retire when I die. I want to do something that brings me joy every day until I die. I don't see retirement, like retirement in the old way is not for me. I want to be you know, I still see people out there, you know, I think I saw Jimmy Carter, 95 years old, still at Habitat for Humanity, hammering away after he fell the day prior and had a big old black eye, you know, he's at 95 years old, right? That's the passion I want to have. Like, I want to have something that's providing value to the people that are in my circles to where I'll do it up until my last breath. And I do it uh, with joy. And I figured out a way to get compensated. That's just a bonus. Like imagine doing something that, you know, provides value to others and oh, also has a nice uh, monetary return. That, that's the win-win scenario. So I'll retire when I die. I love it. I think that is just the perfect way to end this show and podcast today. And obviously we thank you very much for joining us, Tom. And if anyone would like to get a copy of our book here, which is The Ultimate Retirement Lifestyle, The Secret to Living Your 
Dream Retirement, then there's going to be a link somewhere around this show and you'll be able to get yourself a copy. It'll give you some inspiration, some ideas, things to think about, the challenges that people face in retirement and how we can help you cross the line as it were. So once again, thank you so much for joining us, Tom. And we look forward to seeing everyone on the very next Living the Retirement Lifestyle. And just to finish off, if somebody wanted to get hold of Tom, oh, we'll find out Tom, more about I'm Tom. I'm so sorry, forgive me. So where could anyone find out more about you? Uh, a Google search would, would find everything you'd want to know. Tom Beal, T-O-M-B-E-A-L. But uh, I'm known as <clears throat> the simplifier. So you can go to the simplifier.com or look up uh, Tom Beal on Facebook, which leads to the simplifier as well. And uh, lots of great value out there. So Chris and Susan, thanks for having me on here today. I hope this was helpful for you and your people. And as always, anytime I can help, hit me up. Thank, Thank you, you very so much. much. We appreciate it. See you all next time. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. This is the Retirement Lifestyle Podcast with Chris and Susan Beasley.